This podcast is sponsored by the Masters of Communications Management Program at McMaster University. Are you looking to advance your career and you're wondering what's next? The Masters of Communications Management Program at McMaster University is a part-time executive education graduate degree that offers the theory and practice you need to enhance your communication skills and help you take your business acumen to the next level. Best of all, you can continue working while you're studying. To learn more about the program, visit mcm.mcmaster.ca. Okay, we're back one more time. It's your boy, Dave, for the Connected One. And this afternoon, we have Jennifer Vandervock. Jennifer, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you, Dave? You know what? Life has been crazy over the last couple of years, but I'm looking excited to this conversation with you today. Great. Me too. So you've recently got a, a new promotion. What's the, what's the new title? Tell us a little bit about the role. Uh, so I am now uh, stepping in as the Chief Communications Officer for Metrolinks, which is the region's uh, transit agency. We're responsible for delivering uh, and building and expanding our transit network across the entire region. It's a phenomenal place to be working. I work with incredible people. Uh, it's an, we don't know Metrolinks. We're an organization that has an operations side where we run Go Transit, those big green and white trains that you see zipping across the region, as well as Up Express, um, the Presto card that you use to tap on and off your transit across the region. And we're also in the midst of delivering a $75 billion capital program, which is uh, the largest uh, transit expansion, I think, in, in Canadian history and one of the biggest infrastructure projects uh, in the world right now. So it is a pretty exciting place to be. $75 billion, Is that what you just said? B? Yes, with a B. Wow. And what role do you play within a project of that scale and size? So as Chief Communications Officer, I oversee our uh, and work with our community relations and engagement team, the team responsible for working with communities, with our stakeholders to ensure that they are informed, engaged, and solutioning with us as we deliver and build these uh massive transit projects across the region. Um, and then we also have our typical communications team, our strategic comms, communications planning, PR, media relations, uh, our digital engagement group, internal communications, you can never forget the importance of that group. Um, so there's a, a lot on the go, a lot happening within that team. And we're really an important connector across the organization to make sure that our stories are being told, that people understand the work that we're doing and that we support other parts and business units in terms of delivering against their mandate within the organization. It's a big complicated place, uh, but there's a lot underway. Good Lord woman. That is definitely a big role, but you know what? <laughs> Congratulations. And I feel that you are definitely someone who's going to, well, let's be blunt, kick ass in that role, oh, but let's go you. back for a second. Let's go back. How did you get started in the communications industry? Uh, you know what? If I, I, go way back. Um, I actually started my career answering phones. I moved to Toronto and needed a job and uh, applied for a job in a small startup software company and uh, took a position as their uh, admin assistant. And uh, I was approached one day by their VP of marketing, who threw a brochure on my desk and, and said, I hear you have a degree in English. Why don't you give this an edit? So that's what I did. And I shortly thereafter became known as Red Pen Gen and started doing a lot of writing for the organization, moved into become the marketing assistant to the VP 
and worked my way up from there, writing press releases, websites, working on product development. It was a really tiny organization at the time that grew massively over the five years that I was there. So it was a great opportunity to learn as you go and wear all of the hats that are in different organizations. Some call it comms, some call it PR, some call it digital, some call it marketing. But over there, it was all one little team of four of us that were really growing this small company. And how big's your team today now? Our team today, you know what? I need to count, but I believe we're at about six, about 80, 80 staff wow. in our but that includes our entire community relations group, which are the on the ground people that are out supporting each project, uh, working with communities, running our community offices and driving that engagement with residents. So as a communicator, what would you say is the problem that you solve within your, looking back at your career thus far? I think ultimately your goal as a communicator is to um, simplify the complex. I've, I've had a, a really interesting career in that I've had the opportunity to work in organizations where what we do is technical or it is uh, detailed or there is uh, complexity to what we do. And I really think that at the end of the day, great communications is about helping people to understand whatever your objective is, helping people to understand and connect with what you're trying to tell them. And it means, it means ultimately, no matter what your role is in communications, marketing, PR, understanding the audience, what they need, what they want to know, and then figuring out how to explain it to them and how to connect. It has to be two-way. You need that understanding or you won't be able to do your job. Now, while at Metrolinks, you've had a number of promotions along the way. Um, hell, you might be running the joints very soon. But uh, yep. what, would you, what would you say is your superpower? Uh, that's a great one. Um, probably communications. I, I think at the core of it, I, I like to connect with people. I like to communicate. I'm, I like to listen. And I think that 80% of being a good communicator is really listening to what people are trying to say and what they're trying to hear and being able to relay back to them. But I also think for me personally, uh, I'm a very calm leader and I've been told that that is one of my superpowers, the ability to, to stay calm, to step back, to assess a situation before acting. And I think that comes down to having really good judgment and being able to separate sometimes the crazy from the action because we all face a whirlwind of things to do every single day and you have to step out of that whirlwind in order to figure out what you need to do as a leader to help your team to be successful. So how do you balance though? Cause again, work-life balance, how do you manage that process for yourself? Work-life balance? Yeah. Oh, That's no, it's not, not a thing for you. No, it is. Oh, it absolutely is. I'm, I'm a mom to two little boys, uh, 11 and 13, actually not so little anymore. My 13 year old shot up last year and he can rest. <laughs> Pin on the top of my head now. He's almost six feet tall, uh, but they're still little. They're still my little guys. So my home life is really important to me, and and my personal mental health and my balance. So uh, for me, everyone has their own boundaries, and you need to know what those are. And for me, I like to try and end the day. I, I know when my meetings are over. I try and end them. I make sure that I find time to 
uh, close my computer, to connect with my kids, to help them do their homework, to sit down and have dinner. And then if I need to, I'll go back to emails at night. But I I try not to do that too much. I bring things home on the weekend to read. And sometimes I'll catch up over a coffee on a Sunday morning with things that I need to review and approve and support. But I think for everyone needs to decide what's right for them and everyone's different and it'll change at different points in your life as well. So I know that I've had that experience. Now you mentioned mental health. I would say like over the last five years, that is becoming more of a prevalent point um, and mm-hmm. cautionary tale for, for employees. How do you, how, how, how have you managed um, mental health with employees and, and such a diverse workforce that you've over your career have, have experienced and work with? I think first and foremost is keeping your own mental health in mind, making sure that you are finding your center, finding your calm, finding that time for yourself so that you're not bringing your stress to work. You're not downloading it onto your employees. That's so important that you're able to help them navigate through this crazy year. And, you know, as I said to you earlier, I think, you know, we're not just working from home, we're homing from work. Those lines have become so blurred. So, you know, giving your staff and encouraging them to find their own boundaries and, and to set, set time aside for themselves, whether it's going for a walk in the morning, making sure they have a lunch. You know, I talked today with my team about maybe we should be instilling walking meetings instead of sitting on a screen and looking at each other. Let's put in our earphones and walk around the block. Uh, and then I, I think just as, as a people leader, it's really important that you're in tune with your staff, that you take the time to still do one-on-ones the way you would catch up with someone in a hallway. How was your weekend? How was your day? And pay attention to how people are feeling and, and notice the people who've maybe gone quiet and notice the people that you haven't talked to for a while because everyone has such a different home life situation right now going through this. And some of us are, are crazy and mental health is tough because we're juggling being a caregiver, whether it's to a child or to some other loved one, you know, maybe life at home isn't great. Maybe I'm home alone and I'm struggling with the isolation. So everyone has different challenges. They're all legitimate. And I think just being sensitive to that is so important right now. The communications industry is on a constant change, constant journey of change. How do you keep your, uh, how do you keep your mind sharp? Hmm. I think my job keeps my mind sharp. Uh, I've, I've, I've always had the fun of roles where I've led matrix teams with lots of different functions within it. So that absolutely keeps you on your toes. Um, I also had the opportunity to, uh, I was working with the province during the transition of one government to another. That was fascinating. Uh, so you were learning every single day in that kind of environment. And in a place like Metrolinx, I think just being willing to learn, being willing to recognize that you don't know everything uh, and being open to those learning experiences and having people on your team who are smarter than you and may have more technical expertise than you in certain areas. That's a great opportunity for you to be the sponge. Being a leader doesn't always mean you're the one that knows best. And then personally, you know, I love to read. I love to keep up with articles on LinkedIn and, and follow certain organizations. And uh, that's definitely something that I really enjoy doing. Anything on the bookshelf that really stands out for you right now? Oh, what do I have on the bookshelf right now? I just started a new book. Um, I can't really comment on whether I love it or not yet, but it's called Range. Okay. Okay. And I don't know if you've heard of it, but the idea is uh, how to embrace uh, having multiple skill sets and transferable skills. And so I'm really interested in that because in the last year at Metrolinx, I had the opportunity to work in our 
uh, planning design and sponsorship team as principal sponsor. I then right. stepped in act for our chief planning officer for a few months. So that was a whole new area. And now here I am back in comms, which is, you know, I would say probably my first love and area that I'm super comfortable and enjoy. Uh, but it was a really testing year for me in terms of digging into those transferable skills and figuring out what, what was the, the depth and the breadth of my range. And I learned a lot about myself. Very good. Have you had a, you know, what's been your, what's been the best day of your career so far? Oh, that's a hard one. That's it. I've had so many, I've had so many great days. Um, that's why you're in the role you are today. Yeah. I might need to come back to that. I mean, sometimes a great day is going into a really tense meeting and coming out of it and having that meeting be a complete success. Sometimes a great day is when you uh, hire a fantastic staff person that joins your team and you can't wait to work with them. I've had a great day where I've had a fantastic staff person leave uh, because they've gone on to something bigger and better. And as a people leader, that's kind of the best gift that you can get is to see someone who grows um, and moves on to something exciting. Right. Not always, you know, launching something exciting like a marketing campaign or a, a great article or getting great media. Sometimes it's the little things that make a day great. Okay. Um, when you hear the term glass ceiling, what comes to mind? And is there still a glass ceiling today? Yeah, there's still a glass ceiling. Um, Metrolinks is an organization that is deeply committed to diversity and inclusion um, and to uh, gender equity. I'm uh, co-chair of our women in leadership group or women's network here at Metrolinks. And there's still a need for women to support women to offer a network that creates opportunities for sponsorship and mentorship and coaching. And the challenges are different for women. I think that it's such a great time to be a woman in your career and to have a world that is embracing and, and being ready to prepare and support women as they move into more and more senior roles. But it is hard. There are, there are challenges and there are obstacles. And we do know, and I may not get this number right but we do know that through the pandemic that women have taken a really hard hit in terms of their place in the workforce and many have made a really difficult decision to step back from or to drop away from their career altogether and and that has impacts for for women in terms of their their representation in the workforce as a whole so you know it's something that we still have to keep our eye on and as women and, and as allies and as men how do we support and make sure that that glass ceiling doesn't, you know, fall back upon us when we've worked so hard to raise it up. Is there any advice that you have, you know, that, that you feel the next generation needs to hear or, or should hear to get through that glass ceiling? I mean, I'm sure many people say this, but, um, you know, be authentic, be yourself. Don't try and be someone else. Don't try and be a different kind of leader. I think strength, comes in all forms and leadership comes in all forms. And I really think the key to success is learning how to be comfortable with yourself and recognizing what your strengths are and what your, what your weaknesses are and how to embrace the areas that you're really great in and use those to your advantage and recognize that you might have skills and competencies that are 
not necessarily in that job description, but you know that you can bring them to a role and to be, to be brave and to put your hat in the ring when you feel that you're a good fit. I read somewhere that women will only apply to a job if they feel that they're an 80% fit for it. And, and men will apply if they're 80% not a fit because they know they can do it. And that's an attitude that I think, you know, more of us should be embracing. What do you think it would take for more, more women to see themselves as a success and to take those chances that you talk about? Mm. I don't know. Maybe it's just built into our, something we need to build more into our culture and the way that we raise young women and raise girls and talk to them and encourage them to, to really dig in and, and be their best champion, be their own best champion. You don't always need someone to champion for you that you can be the one that does that. And just building, building out that confidence, I think is so, so important in, in young women. Well, your career path thus far has been really instrumental. Congratulations on the hard work and the results that you've uh, accomplished for yourself. Um, it's been great getting a chance to talk to Red Pen Jen, who started off <laughs> answering, <laughs> who started off answering phones, and now she's taking taking a, a major role in a seventy five billion dollar project. Jennifer, loved it. Appreciate your time today. Thanks so much, Dave. Great to talk to you.